Hello, and thank you for tuning in to Answers from the Lab, where we share Mayo Clinic knowledge and advancements on the state of testing and science from laboratory leaders and the people who are making it happen behind the scenes. I'm Dr. Bobby Pritt, Interim Chair of the Department of Laboratory Medicine and Pathology at Mayo Clinic in Rochester, Minnesota. Today, we're joined by Dr. Matt Vinegar, Director of the Clinical Virology Laboratory and the Vice Chair of Practice for the Department of Laboratory Medicine and Pathology. He's here with us today to talk about first our ongoing respiratory virus season, but also some of the other viruses that we might wanna be keeping an eye out for. Matt, welcome back. Hey, Bobby, thanks for having me back. Well. I have lots of questions for you, Matt. We're in the midst of a respiratory virus season, and it's great to have you back on the podcast. You've been with us a number of times to talk about important viruses, and there's so much that's been going on since you joined us last October. Why don't we start with what you're seeing with the three viruses that are really making up this year's respiratory virus season, so influenza, COVID-19, and RSV. Yeah, it has been a very busy couple months since we last spoke. When we last got together, we were talking about the potential for a rough respiratory virus season. Unfortunately, it played out and we are definitely in the midst of a rough respiratory virus season. Let's start with COVID-19. Really what we've seen over the last two to three months is pretty consistent I would say lowish levels of positivity for COVID-19 here in the upper Midwest. We've been somewhere between the eight and 10% positivity rate for COVID-19 since late September, early October. So holding pretty steady. There are still hospitalizations for COVID-19, but what we've seen overall from a nationwide perspective is that the number of hospitalizations and deaths is much lower than where we were a year ago at this point. I anticipate we'll see some increases in COVID-19 cases and then likely some increases in hospitalizations over the course of the next several months as we typically do during the winter months. But I doubt unless there's a new variant that emerges that we'll see levels approaching anywhere near where we were at December of January of 2021 and early 2022. So COVID-19 seems to just be holding steady at relatively low levels. Well, fingers crossed that it stays that way. Okay. Yeah, I guess that's some good sure. news, right? Some, some good news. On the flip side, with influenza and RSV, it definitely has played out to be a bit of a perfect storm. We were watching over the course of our summer months here in the U.S., things really look pretty bleak from the Southern Hemisphere's perspective. In Australia, they experienced a very severe influenza season, and that was a bit of an indicator of what might happen here. It's actually played out that way and that over the last four to six weeks, we've seen historically high levels of influenza, whereas over 2020, 2021, we saw historically low levels of influenza. We're experiencing high or very high influenza activity in the majority of the states in the U.S. Many states were seeing flu positivity rates of 40% or higher. Some states have started to see those positivity rates turn and begin to come down. So I think here in the upper Midwest, we may have actually reached the peak of influenza activity. Some states, especially in the northern parts of the country, are still kind of inching towards that peak. So it's been a rough influenza season so far. And any additional news on RSV? We heard a lot about that earlier on. Yeah, 
RSV actually caused a large surge in infections. It peaked in the late fall of this year. So in October and November, we were seeing very high levels of RSV, many infections in young children, but also some young adults and adults coming down with RSV infection. The good news is that surge seems to have peaked and is now on the decline. So RSV peaked much earlier than we typically see. Usually it's in the, the winter months along with influenza. This year we saw RSV first and now influenza is the major player. So just to recap then, what do you think we're going to see in the next coming months for all three viruses? Yeah, I anticipate that we'll see some slight increases in COVID-19 activity. Again, nothing expected like we saw a year ago. RSV likely will continue to decline. We'll still see some infections, but I, I'm hoping that that surge is past us. Influenza will continue to be a major story and cause a lot of infections through the rest of 2022. But the hope is that by January and certainly by February, we may not see as much influenza. In most years, we see peak influenza activity in January and February. And I think we're going to have been past the flu peak. And so maybe the later winter months will actually be a bit quieter from the flu perspective. Well, I guess it's not too late to get your vaccine then is what I'm hearing based on these numbers, probably better late than not getting it at all for this season. You're absolutely right. Even getting a vaccine and having a week for your body to mount some immune response to that can help prevent you from getting really sick. So with the Christmas holiday now just 11 days away, if you're going to be getting together with large numbers of people, family, friends, now is the time if you haven't got your flu vaccine to get that. Yeah, that's great advice. Well, I'm going to shift gears and talk about another virus. On top of all of the respiratory viruses, we have another disease that we've been hearing more, a viral infection we've been hearing more about in the news, and that is measles, which yeah. is kind of more of those historic diseases. And the World Health Organization recently announced that measles poses an imminent threat to nearly 40 million children worldwide. And as the COVID pandemic has really led to a decline in vaccinations, I think this has really become a serious problem. So can you tell us a little bit about measles and how do we test for it? What are the important points that everyone should know about measles? Living today may not know much about this virus, but it was a significant cause of disease 50, 60, 70 years ago, causing hundreds of thousands and millions of infections worldwide putting people in the hospital, and even accounting for deaths. Vaccination has, in large part, reduced the number of measles cases to in the hundreds, usually, here in the United States. We have seen some sporadic outbreaks leading to 1,000 or 2,000 infections annually in the U.S., but in large part, the cases have been held at bay by vaccination. As you pointed out, though, over the last three years, Many young children have missed their routine physician visits, including routine vaccinations. And so there are now tens of millions of young children around the world 
who don't have that immune protection against measles, mumps, viruses that we have been protected against for years. So now there's a large population who are susceptible. Measles is highly contagious. It's one of the most contagious infectious diseases uh, on the globe. And if there is a gap in immunity, a population out there, it will find it and it will cause outbreak. And we're actually seeing an outbreak right now in Ohio that so far is in 75 confirmed young children. And over 20 of those uh, children have ended up in the hospital because of that infection. Yeah. And measles can be deadly, which I think is something that people may not realize. You're absolutely right. Worldwide, because vaccination is not as common in some developing nations, we still see close to 100,000 deaths annually worldwide from measles. So this is not a just a common benign illness. It can be very significant. Yeah. Well, and it's something easily prevented with vaccination. Thankfully, now we do have some testing options so we can detect people who are infected. What are the uh, different tests available for measles? Yeah. So about two years ago, we were watching kind of mumps and measles incidents and outbreaks and anticipating that these could be a problem as the number of uh, those who are vaccinated continues to decline. So we started developing some new molecular PCR tests to detect viruses like measles. And we recently implemented those into our clinical lab. If a physician suspects measles, which would be a patient presenting with fever, a rash, conjunctivitis, so an ocular infection, they can collect a swab uh, of their throat during the earliest days of infection and send that in to us for testing. A urine sample is also an appropriate sample type. And what we found is that the virus can be detected in urine for a longer period of time. So if a patient's battled it out at home for over a week, getting both a throat and a urine sample will give us the best chance of picking it up. Well, that's good to know. So there's testing options available through your lab. Also, I know that the state health labs and the CDC are options. So Yeah, that's great to know that that's available. Hopefully people will get vaccinated for all the viruses. Well, except for RSV, which there isn't a widely available vaccine and and protect themselves. So I guess we'll just end with a, on a positive note with the holidays coming up, what advice do you have on ways to stay healthy from any of the things we talked about today? Yeah. I mean, the holidays are approaching. It's a great time to get together with family and friends. And I think we're in a a place where we can do that safely, just following some simple steps. As I mentioned, if you haven't been vaccinated against influenza or gotten the most recent bivalent COVID-19 vaccine, now's the time to do that. Even getting 10, 11 days of building an immune response against those will help prevent, help keep you from coming down with a serious illness. If you're getting together with family and there's someone who is immune suppressed or, or elderly, who might be more susceptible to having a severe outcome from a flu or COVID or RSV infection, it's still not a bad idea to to wear a mask if you're indoors or to take a test, especially a COVID-19 test before you get together. That can help pick out whether someone is unknowingly infected, maybe prevent them from spreading it to someone who is uh, highly susceptible. 
and I just just finish with this important message that if you're sick, stay home. Before the pandemic, I think it was very common for people to come indoor, get together for parties, even if you were coughing and have a sore throat. Let's just not do that. It's the best way to prevent spread of illness is just to stay home. Uh, if you're feeling ill, it can really help others, your families and friends stay healthy and, and keep the holiday safe. Well, thanks, Matt. That's excellent advice. Thanks again for joining us to talk about all these important viruses we should know about. And I'm sure we'll have you on another future session, hopefully not with any new viruses, but again, for your sage advice. Thanks, Bobby, for having me on. And I'll look forward to, to coming back. And as you mentioned, hopefully in 2023, we can focus on viruses that have been around for a while <laughs> and we won't have to talk about anything new. Wonderful. Well, happy holidays. Thanks you again. Too. Thank you so much for tuning in to Answers from the Lab. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast and don't forget to tune in every Thursday and every other Tuesday.